Our reading tonight comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 13. So that's Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 13, and that's page 1263. That's in the bottom right-hand corner of the Black Bibles that we use here. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 13. And behold... Two of them were going on the same day to a village distant, sixty stadia from Jerusalem, called Emmaus. And they conversed with one another about all the things which had taken place. And it came to pass, as they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself, drawing nigh, went with them. But their eyes were holding, so they not to know him. And he said to them, What discourses are these which pass between you as you walk? and are downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, answering, said to him, Thou sojournest alone in Jerusalem, and dost not know what has taken place in these days. He said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things concerning Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the judgment of death, and crucified him. But we hoped that he was the one who is about to redeem Israel. These verses we just read together have been a tremendous blessing to Christians and non-Christians alike right for the last 2,000 years plus. And tonight we're just going to rediscover again just why. So first let's picture the scene. Two people walking along from Jerusalem to Emmaus um, and that's a distance of about seven miles, I think. Uh, we don't walk those sort of distances much these days, do we? That's, that's from here, the Bariki. Well, some of us do, maybe. But in those days, those people had no choice. And our reading tells us that these people were really fed up. Things hadn't turned out the way they hoped. Their disappointment still comes down to us after 2,000 years plus. But as they were walking along, someone joins them and asks them why they're so downcast. And one of them, in effect, as we've read, <laughs> he said, don't you know what happened in Jerusalem? We thought Jesus Christ was the Messiah, Son of God, who changed the whole world and made Israel the most important country on earth. He performed such miracles, he couldn't be no one else. <coughs> Yet, he was arrested by the chief priest, handed over to the Romans to be crucified. And not only did he die, but people say his body's missing and he's, he's alive somewhere. Now, those people, those two people, were obviously very disillusioned. You couldn't understand why. Hmm, about disillusionment. I wonder if something's ever happened to you that makes you feel really disillusioned. Disillusioned with their whole life. Like the people in the reading. You might be feeling disillusioned as you sit there tonight. In that case, I've got good news for you. Your day's just got better. Because God's definitely got the answer for you tonight especially. Whatever the problem is. With his help, with his help, I hope to convey his answer to you. 
Of course, the only way we can find the answer is to take a deeper look into our reading. Because what we read together is more than just an intriguing little event recorded in the Bible. For instance, people in our reading could be an exact reflection of you in your life tonight. Better explain that. For a start, now these two people were going on a journey. Whether you realise it or not, you're going on a journey right now. More ways than one. As you sit there in your chair, you are hurtling through space at a colossal speed on this planet as it travels around the sun. You don't notice it, do you? Because your maker and creator has put the universe together to make sure you don't feel a thing. He's the maker of miracles. Don't ask me how that works. It's far beyond me, but it does. And not only that, you're making a journey through time. Several minutes have gone by since we started our meeting together tonight. But most of them important of all, most important of all, you are making a journey through life with all its changing scenes. Now, that really is a challenge. Because there's so many things you don't have control over in your life, aren't there? I mean, right from the word go, you didn't decide where you were going to be born, did you? You didn't decide who your parents are going to be. You didn't decide what you look like. You didn't decide which school you'd be going to. And you didn't even, don't even decide when you die, really. Really. So the list is endless. All we can say is that God introduced you into this life through your parents to witness the miracle of creation. Most definitely for a purpose. But are you really sure? Do you really know what God's purpose is for you in your life? Your maker and creator. And this could be a second reason why those people in our reading um, could be a reflection of you. Because they were suffering because they couldn't see the whole picture. I wonder if that's you tonight. It's easy to think that everything in this world around involves, involves around you. That all this miracle creation have been put there entirely for your benefit. And all the people in your life are just a supporting cast for you alone, including me speaking to you tonight. But the truth is, everything you have belongs to your maker and creator, God. And you owe him everything you have to him. Your life is in God's hand. I know I've said this before. God gives, God takes away. In fact, either willingly or unwillingly, you are in a relationship with God already. For better or worse, rich or poorer, sickness and health, till death do you part from this earthly scene. Yes, you are in a relationship with God. Which brings me to the next reason 
why the people in our reading could be a reflection of you. They especially couldn't see the whole picture concerning when it came to Jesus Christ. They couldn't get it in. They thought he was the Son of God, the Messiah. So why didn't he take over the whole world and make everything right, right away? Ironically, the answer came from the very person they were talking to. They discovered they were in the presence of the risen Lord Jesus himself. Beyond any shadow of doubt, risen from the dead. And make no mistake about it, you are in the presence of the same risen Lord Jesus here tonight. The Lord Jesus went on to explain to them that he needed to do something even more important than putting the whole world together, the future. He needed to put them right on a personal basis first. Which brings us to the next reason why the people that are reading could be a reflection of you. For your life to become right, you need to be put right with your maker and creator, God. The risen Lord Jesus went through all the Bible to explain to those people that he actually had to go to the cross and die for their behalf. And he took that cross upon himself as a penalty for sin that separates you personally from God. Hmm. Now could that be his personal message to you tonight? He had to die on the cross for your sins that are separating you personally from your maker and creator, the living God. I'm sure I said this before, but I'll say it again. Sin is the most devastating power on earth, I'm afraid. It's the cause of all wars. It causes marriages to break up. It causes families to break up. It messes up individual lives. I'm actually a worrying trend today is that people of all ages are becoming hooked on various addictions. Now, it may seem to be a good idea at first, a way of making life more worthwhile, especially when life somehow doesn't make a lot of sense. And the fear is a feeling that some's missing from it. But there's always a price to pay for addiction of any of its forms. And we're poor human beings. We just don't seem to have the ability to resist its power. The only real answer in all for life, for sin, in all its problems and all its forms, is to be found in the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's willing to pay that price in your place on the cross mm -hmm. and then offers you the power to be an overcomer in this life. Living the life you intended to live and put you on the right pathway on your journey through life knowing the certainty of life with him after death. Now that really is worth knowing, isn't it? I hope everyone here knows that personally and is living in the good of it. I don't know how well they're able to set that tonight. Maybe it goes against the whole brain of your thinking. Could do. But if you're willing to believe 
you certainly will receive the reality of sins forgiven and getting right with God and being on the right pathway in your life that leads upwards and onwards, onwards and upwards to eternity with him. Becoming a Christian really does work by faith. Which brings us on to the next reason why the people in our reading could be a reflection of you. <coughs> because when they realised the truth of what the Lord Jesus had done for them on the cross, they said in their hearts, didn't our heart burn within us? I burnt with them with sheer joy. And so great experience in life to know the penalty of sin has been dealt with for you personally by the Lord Jesus. Yes, we do need to get the whole picture. Yes, when it comes to becoming a Christian. And that doesn't all come at once. But one thing is really important. There's a huge difference between knowing about the Lord Jesus and knowing him personally. Those two people in our reading only knew about him at first. They knew the spectacular miracles he performed. Miracles that only the Son of God, the Messiah, could perform. But actually, let me remind you of just one of those miracles. Uh, a man called Lazarus, remember this reading probably in the Bible, died and was buried in a tomb for four days. The Lord Jesus simply called him by name to come forth and when he did that every fibre in that man's body was quickened by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He literally rose from the dead. I'm glad I mentioned that incident, incident really because Lazarus is yet another example in the Bible of someone who could be a reflection of you. You see, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead that man didn't go straight to heaven. He lived out his life as an ordinary, fallible human being. The only difference was that he became a new creation within through the power of Jesus Christ. What a perfect picture that is, a Christian, a born-again Christian. A Christian is not just someone who wants to live a better life. He's someone who needs to be a new creation within the Lord Jesus can do so much to transform your life in every way tonight. So, to end this meeting on a note of triumph, let me just remind you of this. Jesus didn't just say he had the power to resurrect the dead. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He also said, I and the Father of one. Behold, I make all things new. He said, if anyone be in Christ, there are new creation. That's what it says in the Bible. Christianity is literally a treasure in earthen vessels. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, but my peace. Now, if you're able to lay hold of those glorious truths tonight, then you've really got somewhere. You've really got something worth having in your whole life. I'm going to finish now on that note.
who sit to say, praise the Lord, thank you for listening.